Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, your host, and I'm here with Julie Knight today. She's the CEO of Elite Eyelash Extensions in Bristol over in the United Kingdom. She's also the editor of Lash Magazine, and today we're talking about her lash journey, of course, her training courses, which are a little bit different than most, and the upcoming World Lash University in Birmingham in the United Kingdom, which will be held this year in May, and I will be attending. If you're listening today, make sure to tag Elite Eyelash Extensions and Lash Boss Radio on Instagram and let us know. And without further ado, here is Julie. All right, Julie, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Shelby. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yes, mine too. So I just want to get started with with your background, like kind of how you got into this industry. Oh, my goodness. Um, (laughs) I look back now and it really is a a bit of a daft story. I can remember having some girlfriends over back in, God, it must be about 2010 now. And one of them said, I want to do some eyelash extensions because my friend's just trained in it and she does it just to get company in this very small village where she uh, where she lives. And we all looked at each other and said, what on earth are eyelash extensions? Because I was kind of the one that always had the treatments and I'd never heard of it. So nobody around my area in Bristol in the UK were actually doing it. So we started Googling, got the laptop up and uh, started having a look. And I said to her, do you know where your friend trained? Uh, yeah, so she's pinging back and forwards with the text and, and then so oh, yeah actually there's a course coming up in a couple of weeks I said to her why don't you just go for it because I'm kind of one of these people that will try and encourage others to you know follow your path live your dreams mm-hmm. and she goes oh Julia I'm just too scared I, I, I don't want to do this on my own so I said okay I'll go with you so being absolutely clueless I was going there to hold my friend's hand mm-hmm. and what should have been an eight hour course we were kind of in and out within about three hours and five minutes we had this certificate in our hand that said, you can now apply eyelash extensions. And of course, with my kind of background as uh, as a serving police officer, I kind of thought, you know what, there's got to be more to this. You know, I'm going to somebody's eyes for some glue and I don't even know what's in it. And these tweezers are very pointy. And, and actually, it took me about 45 minutes to isolate an eyelash on a training head. And there was about 13, 14 of us in this class all gathered around this one trainer whose hand herself was very shaky. And I thought, I just don't know what you're doing and why you're doing it. And I came away from that thinking, oh, my goodness, um, okay, I think I probably need to uh, look more into this before I go anywhere near anybody with some tweezers. Not that I intended doing anything with it, but I kind of, it, it kind of struck a chord with me um, in terms of interest, thinking, actually, let's just explore this a bit more. And, of course, where my friend was a little bit kind of anxious and nervous, I, again, I think because of the quality of the training, she just put her tweezers away and never touched them again. Whereas I kind of practice a little bit. And of course, there wasn't the forums back in those days where people were supporting each other. You kind of had to fend for yourself. So I signed up to do training elsewhere. And yeah, I kind of took it from there, really, and uh, never looked back. Wow. So that story probably influenced you as a trainer now to kind of never, you know, bring someone in and and have them leave clueless from... Oh, yeah, goodness me, yes. I mean, oh, blimey, I must have done about, I don't know, 20, 25 different training courses. Um, a bit of an addict. I absolutely love it. And, and a lot of them are kind of idols. I think, oh, my goodness, so-and-so's visiting the country now. Must go along and go meet them, like Mayburn. And, and absolutely brilliant. And I've had to wait a while for them to actually visit because uh, my timetable doesn't allow me to travel so much to go and see other people. So I kind of try and work around that. And um, I'm just so inspired by how other people work because I've always tried to keep an open mind mm-hmm. in thinking that actually the way you work, 
there could just be some, you know, that 1% of difference um, that we did with the British cycling team of why they've done so well. That 1% just may take you from being good to even better, just to improve the quality of your work or the quality of your service to somebody. And that's always really interested me. So in terms of training, yeah, I've been training since 2012. A lot of it was based on having done a few training courses before getting to that point where they were actually learning more from me. And the last one I did was where they got out a load of loose lashes and I'd actually gone to them to train to do lower lash extensions. And I kind of thought, see, you serious? You know, um, we use straight lashes now, <laughs> albeit, you know, they're 0.25 because mm. that was the done thing all those years ago. Mm. And uh, I started talking about, well, why would you do, use that curl and why would you do... I kind of thought, mm, you know what, there's so much more to this. And... I was getting less out of the training and offering them more. And they even thought, oh, where are you getting all your kit from? And, of course, Lashbase was a growing company all those years ago. And that was it. They changed their supplies. I were ordering a load of stuff from this company while I was supposed to be training with them. So I thought, and then I had loads of new clients come to me, which was fantastic. But when I kind of saw the devastation on their lash lines, and I just hoped that, you know, good lash techs, you know, didn't set out to actually do that. And I just thought, well, I've had the initial training that I've had. I'm not surprised. So I kind of set out to, to do something a little bit different. I thought, well, you know what, you need to be within it in order to actually make that change. So that kind of got me into the training aspect. And I must admit, I did spend months and months crafting the course book and the manuals and all the training materials. And yeah, so it's it's not an easy in and out. Certainly, um, you know, you spend a day or two with me, but in all, your training goes on for about five or six days if you're doing the initial training because you go through my online bit first to do all the uh, the theory, which I go over when I see them. But then it's all practical hands-on stuff. And then, of course, um, case studies. So it's um, it takes a little bit longer to qualify with me than many other courses that you can get. So well, certainly in the UK. But I, yeah, I kind of structured it that way. It works for me. It works for my students. It's great. Yeah, I mean, someone can take your course and probably leave with so much more than, you know, just going to a two-day course where the first day is completely just theory. I really like the idea of structuring it where you're sending them like modules or things to work on before they even come into class so that their time with you is actually, I guess, more meaningful. They they do. I mean, to think that I, you know, I wasted, I say wasted, it was all practice time, but a good 45 minutes out of that three-hour session that I did, trying to isolate an eyelash on a training mm-hmm. head with training lashes. I was awful. You know, I'm, I'm right-handed. My left hand just would not work with me. So with students, I send them out some of the kit, you know, apart from the glue, but they get eyelashes and they get the training lashes and, uh, and tweezers and videos and a complete instruction, just giving them the opportunity just to get a feel for the tweezers, particularly those who are, you know, particularly strong with one hand and not the other. But at least then they can actually uh, give it a go before they come and see me. And I just find that students are a lot more confident when they come having done their homework and I can tell the ones who haven't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So... As far as clients, how were you seeing clients? Were you doing it out of your home? Were you renting a space? No, when I first started out, because my daughter um, was quite young. She was only about 10 at the time. I really didn't want strangers coming into my home. And I I did um, have a few offers from people that they wanted me to go and work in their salon. But I thought, well, actually, I'm kind of under your control. Whereas, you know, your brand and the way you operate isn't quite in keeping with the way I like to do things. Mm -hmm. Because... I mean, a lot of salons where I then went on to have my eyelashes done just wanted me straight in and out within 45 minutes. Whereas I preferred to actually set a time that I knew I would need on a particular client so I could provide that service that I wanted to provide. So I took to the road and uh, where I am, 
in the city of Bristol. Not traffic, it's, well, I think it was voted the second worst city in the UK behind London and then Belfast. So, yeah, let's just say I spent more time in traffic jams, which to a certain extent gave me a chance to give my eyes a rest and gave me a chance to think. But, you know, I was at the door at seven in the morning or a little bit earlier than that. And then I wasn't getting home till about 11 at night. So it was every day of the week and it was starting to kill me. <laughs> it really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the exhaustion. But I dare say, it, it's just amazing, isn't it, that how those tiny little pieces of plastic are just so addictive and why we just keep doing this. And I think a lot of it is just um, it's just the opportunity that you can give somebody um, to make them feel really good about themselves. Yeah, I think that's what kept me going. <laughs> Absolutely. So when did you start? Because you're the founder of, is it is it Lashed Magazine? You can call it what you like. So some people like to call it Lash Ed because there's the hyphen between the H and the E. I call call it Lashed, just Lashed magazine. Uh, So the ED actually stands for education um, because I wanted to be a magazine that actually helped kind of raise the standard in the industry, but also promote, you know, inspiration, motivation and, and all the other stuff. So that's why we've kind of structured it into four kind of distinct themes or categories from, you know, anything to do with lashes and anything to do with the business side of things. And then about you and your well-being, because I think that's just so important because I think we've all been there where we just overworked and not really looked after ourselves. And of course, you know, that takes its toll. And then the other aspect is focusing on safety, and particularly in the industry. So, yeah, and, uh, I kind of uh, throw it out to anybody who's got something of value to share. So, and I dare say I'm really working with some really, really great people at the moment who um, kind of surprised me that they wanted to work with somebody kind of new to all this rather than somebody that was already established. So, yeah, they're kind of people that I will never, ever forget for having that initial faith in me. So, yeah, fantastic people. Thank you. <laughs> That's so cool. So how long has that been around? Oh, that's uh, we launched our first edition in April. Okay. And I said, I've probably been thinking about it for about 18 months. And it's one of those things. I mean, I, I got a business coach a couple of years ago, which was probably about nine years too late. Although it's never too late, is it? But uh, one of those things I kind of wished I'd done a bit sooner. And, um, and there's a good old saying, isn't there, that, you know, you think about things and you kind of park it or you may be a bit nervous about putting yourself out there. But the moment you actually start telling people you're going to do it, then you stand a better chance of actually achieving it or yeah. actually taking some steps or some action forward for actually doing it. But when you're actually being held to account for doing what you say you're going to do, like to a business coach or perhaps your best mate, the chances are you're going to do something and make a difference. And, yep. and to me, the magazine was in my head for all that time. I'd already planned it out in my head. I'd already put bits on down on paper about what I would call it and you know how the website would be structured, how the magazine would be structured, how I'd actually go and approach people to get them engaged. The fact that it would be more about um, value and content rather than about advertising because obviously you take a look at so many magazines out there, not necessarily about lashes, but all the other kind of niche beauty mm-hmm. as well as all the fashion stuff. And when you flick through, I think, oh, no, another advert, another advert. And again, you know, I just wanted something that would add so much value that people would actually have to spend a bit of time going through it if they actually wanted to read it. And that's the feedback that I've had so far from people saying, actually, you know what, I've got to take it on holiday with me. <laughs> you know, for the amount of stuff that's in there, it does take a while to read. And, and that was my intention. So it's really great. So how often are you going to be releasing issues? 
issues. So yeah, four times a year. So I'm just working on the fourth yeah. one at the moment. Yeah, we've got a lot of content for this one. So uh, and a couple of people I'm just still talking with at the moment. Um, I'm a little bit shy, but just trying to encourage them to come forward because I think they've got a great story or some great, really, really great things to share with the industry. So yeah, it's it's not about servicing or massaging the ego of anybody. It's mm. just a platform. Yeah, a bit like what you're offering, Shelby, yeah. is for people to actually, um, you know, share something that just might help somebody else. Just think about taking that step forward um, or just making people feel that perhaps they're not alone. Particularly do work like I did. You know, I was on the road, I was mobile. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I I pulled it back and then started working from a room in my own house. And it can get a bit lonely. So, you know, whilst there's all the social media stuff out there to network, this was just something else. But uh, it was just another platform, another channel, you know, to share stuff. So, yeah. That's cool. So I'm sure that that's brought you a lot of opportunities and I'm sure you've met so many different people and heard different stories. What are some of the coolest things that have come from doing the magazine? Some of the coolest things? Mm-hmm. Oh, me. God, no, there's so many. I think a lot of people who've contributed so far are kind of people I've met over the years. I think, you know, I kind of said earlier, I was a bit of a course junkie, so a bit of an addict, so I go from course to course. So it's been really great to actually approach those people and say, actually, you know what you were saying all those years ago? Um, and I know that I've kind of followed your journey through social media and when we've caught up on courses. I think you've got something to share here. Why, why, you know, how about, why don't you? And it's really great that actually some of them have stepped out of their shell and done that. So, and there are others who are just natural born writers and that's been brilliant. But I think the coolest thing for me is where uh, those who said to me, you know, Julie, I couldn't even write a shopping list. And I've actually said, well, let me help you. So we'll sort uh-huh. out a bit like we're doing at the moment. It's about time and date. You know, I'll get the recorder going and I'll ask you loads of questions and then I'll draft your article for you. And, and there you go. Uh-huh. And all that's cost them really is half hour to an hour of their time. So, and that's my kind of offering back to the industry is trying to help it. Mm-hmm. rather than trying to kind of exploit it or right. bleed it dry of money. And so I'm not in it for the money, dare I say it. Whilst it's lovely, I'm in an advantageous position where, you know, I've, I've, I've had a career for a long, long time. So bills and stuff like that have been paid. So I'm kind of, you know, approaching, fast approaching 50, dare I say. But I'm mm-hmm. quite comfortable with the way things are at the moment. So for me, this is just something that I really enjoy doing because I want to do it, sure. not because I absolutely need it to kind of live and survive, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like so a passion project. It is. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. That's what Lash Boss Radio is for me. Like, I don't make anything from it, but I it makes me so happy. So, yeah, I feel like that's really cool what you're doing. And I want to kind of switch gears and talk about the conference that you and Katie and Zoe are putting on. You want to talk a little bit about how that idea came about? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I've been to quite a few conferences. I absolutely love them. But I have found that a few I've been to recently, it was similar speakers, which is really, really great. And I just thought, actually, wouldn't it be lovely to do something just that little bit different? So uh, I just happened to be chatting to Zoe through the messaging system and just talking to her about her next article for the magazine um, because both Zoe and Katie write for me, which is absolutely brilliant. So they're part of the Lashed family or the Lashed family. And uh, so we just kind of had a bit of a joke around one evening and uh, pinging things back and forth. And it's just kind of an idea that came to light saying, actually, you know what, we could do this. And all the things that we would love to see from a conference, because we've both been to a few, actually, we could kind of uh, carve this out. So it really is a learning platform. So that's kind of why we wanted the word university. 
in the grand title. And uh, we kind of thought, actually, uh, we could do with just one other because, you know, both of us were exceptionally busy, you know, running our, uh, you know, with a client base, running a training school and so on and so forth. And we kind of instantly thought of Katie because we kind of wanted those who are absolutely passionate in the industry but are kind of devoid of an ego, if that makes sense. But, you know, not being disingenuous to anybody, but we just wanted people who were absolutely kind through and through so like the stick a rock you break it in half and kind is those words going right through the bent sweat and um yeah what i've kind of find really is i've got two fantastic business partners now and i love them to do it they could not be more generous kind and yeah we're, we're pinging each other messages at all times of the day uh, to move things forward and you know they're exceptionally busy i'm exceptionally busy but it just works mm-hmm. yeah it's absolutely great I'm, I'm just so pleased i teamed up with the right people I know we haven't launched a conference yet, but, you know, with everything where we are at the moment, we're just all in tune, which is great. Nice. So I honestly, I think I'm going to stay like the whole two weeks in between, but I don't know. So there is a small chance that I might not be able to go to the last social, but I feel like I'm going to try and make it work. But anyway, yeah. So it's on May 12th, which is a Sunday. So in the UK, y'all do... I guess y'all cities, I guess, are a little confusing to me. So the way that y'all set up like an address, it just looks different than um, how it does over <laughs> here. So it's so I'm confused to say which city it's in because I see like four different names. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, I get confused with some of the U.S. addresses, <laughs> your zip codes or our postcodes. Yeah. But yes, the, the conference is taking place right in the heart of the U.K. in a place called Birmingham. Okay. Yeah, so it's uh, the second or third biggest city in the U.K., so it's very close to the airport, very close to all the major motorways or mm-hmm. freeways, so really, really easy to get to. And uh, the beauty of the place is absolutely gorgeous. It really is. The moment we went around looking at locations, we just fell in love with that one. So we just hope everybody loves it. Yeah, we're going to really look after people. Yeah. So how much are tickets and um, what can an attendee expect from the event? Oh, wow. Yes. So we, I mean, it kind of follows my ethos, really, around uh, doing the magazine and things like that. So not wanting to exploit the industry, but to try and help it. So that's why we deliberately kept ticket prices really reasonable. So at the moment, the full price for the ticket is 380 per delicate. And what that actually gets you is from nine o'clock in the morning through to six o'clock in the um, evening, you get to see 12 or 13 speakers. And we've announced all of them there. And Shelby, you're one of them. And yeah. thank you so much for that. I can't wait to see uh, to see you and to hear what you have to say. It's uh, going to be so exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 12 or 13 amazing, amazing speakers. But we're going to look after people as well and lay on lunch. And, and that's not all. We're obviously offering drinks and things like that throughout the day. Mm-hmm. An amazing goodie bag with loads and loads of bits and pieces in there from our very, very generous sponsors. And, and of course, uh, you get your graduation certificates as well because we're asking the speakers to actually give something of value. Uh, so something that you really think, uh, you know, for the audience in the room, so knowing your audience, actually what's actually going to make a difference to people. And there's loads of different kind of topics that we're covering on the day. So it's not just all about lashes, although there will be that there, you know, recovering styling and things like that. Mm-hmm. But there's also somebody there who will actually talk about eye health and the people talking about business. We've also got um, Zoe, who is a very, very good friend of mine, Zoe Thompson, who is a lifestyle and well-being coach. Just to actually uh, focus the delegates, you know, focusing on you and your well-being and achieving your goals and things like that. Yeah, there'll be somebody there talking about how to actually, you know, take that step from going solo to actually building a team. 
So hopefully um, people can walk away with, you know, at least something. They think, actually, you know, that game has made a difference. And, uh, and of course, it doesn't stop there. Um, you give people about an hour off, you know, mm. you get glammed out, you know, if you want to. Uh, I think Zoe wants to give a prize away to the best dress. So that'd be interesting. I might just have to find a, a gladder rag that I can uh, that I can put on. But uh, yeah, the evening is where we're having an award ceremony. So a glitzy gala. And um, we have uh, an online competition running at the moment. So, and the great thing about online is the fact that you're not under time pressure and having to take your model and all your kit and actually go and sit in a live competition where your nerves are probably completely frayed. Mm. Um, but you can do it in your own time. And on a model that you've obviously taken time to, uh, to, to work on, to practice on. And so we've opened it up to six categories. So from everything from classic to a couple of different volume, volumes, nail lashes, you know, the King K look and uh, fantasy as well, which we've actually offered people a choice of three different themes rather than just sticking to one thing, just in case people just need that little bit of extra opportunity for creative juices to flow. Mm. And, uh, and of course, the, the thing we wanted to do with that as well is um, actually provide extra entry levels into the competition so that you don't just go in either as a beginner or somebody with a degree of experience because there'll be a lot of people in that latter category. And, uh, and I've heard many people say there's no point in, in participating in these things because I don't stand a chance because there's so many really good people out there who always win. So we just wanted to kind of level the playing field a little yeah. bit by offering four entry levels. So we've actually got a pro level this time. So if you're a competition winner, then you're in that pro level. So, yes, yeah, so we'll celebrate the uh, the winners for second and third place in all those um, different uh, nominations and all those different entry levels. And then we've got an amazing award ceremony as well. So this is where there's been a lot of talk on social media at the moment about uh, business awards. And, and I think some people have got a bit of a downer on them because there's some big ones in the UK where they're actually asking you to part with quite a lot of money to actually touch you through the stages. So I think some people are thinking you've actually got to buy your own award. But, you know, we're turning that on its head. And um, as you're saying, actually, as a ticket holder, you get free entry into our online competition. Wow. As a ticket holder, you get a free entry into the business awards. But if you want to participate in others, then there's just a small administrative fee that actually helps us cover you know, the cost of the uh, awards and things like that. Right. And the rest is supported by sponsorship, which is great. That's so we're there, to try and, yeah, we're there to try and help the industry rather than, um, you know, make from it, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, so some of those nominations are flooding through and they're an absolute delight to read. They really are. But of course, you know, I'm not one of the judges. I can't be because it wouldn't be blind otherwise. So yeah, yeah, so we're getting all that lined up. So it's going to be exciting. And of course, that takes you through to about midnight on the day. So it's a very long day, very lots of your money. And of course, in the evening, uh, we're laying on a three-course meal as well. So, And the venue is just beautiful. So everybody's going to get a lot for their money. They really will. So if you haven't got your ticket yet, World Lash University, class of 2019, 12th of May in Birmingham in the UK. Please come and join us. It's going to be fantastic. Love it. I'm so excited. It'll be like my first time in the UK and I am meeting a lot of people for the first time. So including you. So oh, yes. I'm so excited. Yes. Yeah, so you'll, you'll meet a couple of people who you've already had on your Lash yeah. Boss radio. Mm-hmm. So Courtney's coming. I know. And I think she was on in January, wasn't she? And of course, Jamie from Lash Base, yes. who I think was on your show in September. Yes. Yeah, he's great. I really... He, he is, yeah. 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 Uh, of course, he writes for the magazine too, so I'm very grateful to Jamie. Oh, he's great. I don't know how he has all this time. Like, it seems like he's just so <laughs> on top of everything. 
That's how I view a lot of you guys. Like all of y'all that come on the show, I'm asking y'all questions. And sometimes I'm sitting here in my pajamas just like, wow, y'all really got it together. And it's just really (laughs) admirable. It's cool. So I think we probably like swans where just look absolutely pristine on the top, but you can't (laughs) see the legs going like mad under the water. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I know what that's like. Um, So... (laughs) I usually ask every guest, I'm sure since you've heard the show, like you've heard me ask about someone's favorite failure. So maybe a time in your life that you were sure that you had failed at something and then it turned out for the better. Do you have any moments like that? Yeah, <laughs> it's funny you say that. Yeah, there have been quite a few things where I thought, oh, blimey, I wish that had gone a bit differently. But mm-hmm. honestly, because I've worked over the years with my police background and of course, uh, with the people that I've met on my journey in Lushing. I've done a lot of leadership development and a lot of leadership coaching. And I kind of learned to try and think about things a little bit different rather than seeing things as failures. Mm-hmm. I try to see them as um, as learning you know, opportunities to learn. So, yeah, I'm going to have my five minutes where I wallow thinking, oh, wow, well, you know, that just cost me a load of money or that just cost me a load of time or that cost me a lot of time away from my family. And actually, that didn't quite land the way I wanted it to. But... Um, Honestly, I kind of follow, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Thomas Edison, I think, said, I've not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that something just hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. And I kind of keep that in the back of my head when things don't quite go quite the way I want it to. So yeah. I try to stay positive rather than letting things get me down. Because I've been used to years ago and I used to, um, yeah, I used to wallow for more days than is necessary. And I just think that's time wasted when it's really, really um, precious. But, oh, tough challenges. Oh, yes. Well, um, for my own students, I uh, I introduced my own lash brand, which I haven't gone large on selling. I just wanted it in so that I thought, well, actually, these are the quality that I really, really like for my students. Uh, the way they fan, you know, the way they're, they're, um, uh, they're branded with the uh, length thicknesses and curls down the, the strips, the way they actually behave on the strip and the way they actually all come apart when you want them to. Oh, beautiful. Right, I've got my lash brand. Mm-hmm. So my first shipment, uh, bear in mind, you know, you spend about two or three years going through all the different companies and asking all these different questions and then you've got your language barriers and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff and you think you're going to get what you've ordered. But my first order, that was about 10000 US dollars. And when these seven massive boxes came with about 10,000 trays of lashes, which they weren't quite the same as the samples, And I must admit, I I could have sat there and cried, but I didn't. I thought, okay, right, I I need to learn from this and move on. So I did, you know, so a lot of those went straight into the bin and I started again looking for somebody else. So, yeah, yeah. So that's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, And it's just amazing, isn't it? But, you know, um, and I tried more than one, you know, when they send the sample out, you usually get six trays. It was a case of, right, you know, can you send me this, this and this? And, you know, this is the way I want my strips of, and all the excess. And, oh, yeah, yeah, we can do all that for you, Julie. Yeah, I had all those assurances. But actually what I got back wasn't what was promised. So, and you, you can, you know, try and fight and argue it. But, you know, I don't think I'd have got too far other than, you know, taking a plane and going out and having a chat. But I don't think that would have got me far. So, yeah. you know what, we just got to learn from it, haven't you, and move on. So, I do see a lot of people who, you know, sitting on social media saying, oh, you know, how do you go about setting up a brand of lashes? And I must admit, I do get on there and say, right, let me tell you a story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so don't, don't rush into it and do think, is it really what you want to do? Because yeah. uh, 
there's a lot of time and effort involved. Yeah, a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And also, dare I say it, you need somewhere to store them. Because, uh, yeah, seven massive boxes uh, that came to me that day, I did think, oh, right, okay. So I spent the whole day going through each tray, just checking that, you know, the branding was all matched up and, and all that kind of stuff. And the, the trays actually looked clean. And, yeah, and I found a few insects in a couple of them. I thought, really? Really? This is just, yeah, yeah. It was just totally different from, you know, the sample packs I had through. So it was just an awful experience that really could have, um, you know, destroyed me. But I decided, no, it's not. You know, I could have said, what's 10 grand? But actually, that's a lot of hard-earned cash, yeah. uh, which I had spent ages saving up so that I could just say, right, there you go. Let's invest in that side of the business. But no, no, no. It did take me a while to pick myself back up. But I found somebody else who is much, much better. Good. <laughs> Dare I say it? But yeah, lesson learned, lesson learned. And uh, if anybody's thinking what on earth you do all those all those plastic trays, I did recycle them. I really did. Oh, good. <laughs> Gosh, that makes me respect product distributors so much, like the brands. Mm-hmm. And oh god, there's, there's so much to it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've heard from a friend of mine who she sells just tweezers. She doesn't do anything else. It's actually Trina, Trina from Maven, and even Allie. I don't know if you've heard of Lash Anarchist, but. Yeah, um, over in the U.S., both of them have basically said that like they throw out sometimes over half of their tweezers that come in because they're not perfect. And I respect them so much for even testing them in the first place because there's a lot of companies that don't look for quality control in anything, and not even just in our industry. But I don't think people think about that. I think people think of the profit margins that they must be getting. But if your tweezers are costing you like double or triple what you thought, I never thought of it that way. And so it's like mm. they they deal with so much. Um, just trying to find the right suppliers and then, you know, checking for quality with every order, I'm sure. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, it doesn't just stop there. You need to think about, you know, the, the laws of the land where you're trading. And, you know, so the things like me, it, I just couldn't go off my uh, usual insurance. I then had to shop around for insurance. And it was amazing, you know, because some said, well, are you looking in the future to actually develop your own products? And at the time I said, yes. And they said, well, we're not going to touch you. And yet others were, um, well, okay, we'll, we'll look to that. But actually, you need to answer this quite a long questionnaire. And I thought, oh, my God, this is not easy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you've really got to have your heart in it. And uh, and if somebody who just wanted, you know, kits in for their own students, you know, to start off with, because obviously my head was um, in sorting out the magazine and actually focusing on the training and providing quality training. Mm-hmm. And, of course, um, I've got to focus on uh, something else at the moment, which I'm doing for the hair and beauty industry in the U.K., where, you know, with my kind of policing background and, uh, you know, with kind of like an awful experience really uh, that related to my mother uh, being subjected for years to domestic abuse from my stepdad, sorry, mm-hmm. from my dad. I kind of thought, well, you know, I've had several clients where, you know, you kind of see them every sort of two to three weeks and you do get to know people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I come across people and say, you're just not you use yourself. And, you know, you kind of use your all your empathy skills and, and just the way you are. And all of a sudden, you've got people opening up to you and telling you things that they just would not tell anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think because of my kind of background, I've been able to say, well, actually, have you thought about, you know, uh, people that, that can help you, uh, such as this, such as that. And what has been really, really heartwarming for me is when they've come back a few months later saying, you know that thing you said, this is what I've now done. And I just want to say thank you. And uh, I just thought, you know what, there is... We, we did look at this um, as uh, as part of my role in the police service about 2014, uh, just having a look at um, what 
uh, other areas in the UK were doing around initiatives to actually help victims of um, domestic abuse or survivors, um, as they're generally called. And uh, we did notice that in the uh, Norfolk area, so in the east side of the country, that uh, the police service were doing a lot of work with the hair and beauty industry, uh, predominantly led by the uh, hair and beauty industry, around training people up to recognise the signs of domestic abuse and then giving them some kind of top tips on actually how to sensitively approach a conversation with somebody that wouldn't look kind of clumsy or mm-hmm. insensitive and just actually know when to back off because you may have actually got it wrong. Uh, so it's kind of similar to what's been in the US for a long, long time with the uh, Cut It Out campaign, uh, which I think has been going for well over 10 years. And so, yeah, so that's what I'm kind of focusing on at the moment is, uh, is offering free online training for uh, any hair and beauty professional in the UK, you, know, you just want to know a little bit more about you know, how to spot the signs and actually how to strike up a conversation and how, how best you can play that out. Just the difference that you can make in somebody's life because actually you may not only just change it, you might actually save it, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal when you think that you know, on average two people die every week in the UK alone from domestic related abuse which is wow. it's too too many it's it's just incredible and if one in three people are going to experience it over the age of 16 then it's bound to be one of our clients yeah two of our clients three of our clients so and it could actually be colleagues in your salon so wow. there you go yeah yeah so, so that's something i'm also doing on the side so in the uk it's going to be called behind the mask which was a name actually um, having consulted um, a group of individuals who have experienced abuse in the past. They said, actually, quite like that name. So I wanted the industry to come up with the name rather than being done unto. Does that mm-hmm. kind of make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so that's, that's one of my other little things on the side as well. So mm. That is so cool. That is so, so Thank cool. you. Wow. So I don't even know where to go from there. That was, that was really <laughs> awesome. I can't believe, like, the statistics are that high, like a week for like two people actually die from that over there. That's insane. I can't, yeah. I don't even know what the numbers are here in the U.S., but probably the same. I wouldn't be surprised if it, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's interesting because certainly the states are leading the way. I think in Illinois last year, might have been the year before, we introduced uh, legislation that salons need to be trained every two years to spot the signs. It's quite sad, isn't it, I think, when uh, you've got to introduce legislation to actually bring about a change. And you're going to get people who come from a viewpoint where, you know, I'm running a business, I'm not there to deal with the social side of things, you know, I'm there to make money. But ultimately, I just think, well, actually, you know, I can sit in a hair salon and, you know, I've got somebody sat next to me who's telling their their hairstylist the most intimate things about their life and I'm sat there listening. I mean, flipping heck, you know, um, but yeah, the things that I get told in a private treatment room which, uh, you know, is on a par, it's not even more kind of personal. You kind of feel as though you're a therapist, but not actually trained as a therapist, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. or yeah. a counsellor. But yeah, I think it's just absolutely amazing that people feel that they can actually have that conversation with you because you're trusted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, that's, I think it's just incredible, the impact that we can actually have on somebody's life just by uh, showing that, you know, just saying a few words, like, actually, are you, are you really okay? You know, uh, you know, I'm here to meet me. Or because actually, even the uh, the little thing of offering somebody five minutes to use a phone in a salon or your phone rather than their phone to actually inquire about some help from a helpline is an absolutely brilliant thing. Small thing that you can do for somebody mm-hmm. uh, because if somebody is in a controlling or abusive relationship, you can imagine that somebody is probably checking who yeah. they've actually been accessing online or what their phone history is, and that could put them in danger. 
So it's just those little things that, you know, we as human beings can do that could actually make a huge difference to somebody else. And I think that's really quite powerful. Absolutely. So the last thing before I let you go is just, do you have any words that you live by or that you want to share, like maybe a quote or a motto? Oh, yes. Do something every day that scares you. (laughs) Which I think is a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. And it stuck by me last year when I was creating the first edition of Lashed magazine, because I kept looking at this quote, because when I work in my study, I always joked with my husband, I said, why on earth have you got four monitors? Uh, Because he's an IT techie. And he creates websites and all this kind of stuff. I, I can never understand why he needed full screens. It just takes up the whole of the room. And when I started actually working on the magazine on that computer myself, I thought, yeah, actually, full screens, you definitely need it. So in one of them, just off my left-hand side, I just had this quote up. And every now and again, I'd look at it and say, yeah, actually, I'm quite scared today. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing something new today. Yeah, yeah, and it's scaring me. I think, you know what, if you just keep doing what you're doing every day, if you're happy with that, you know, that's great. But if you do want to go from A to B and you want to be somewhere different in five years' time, then you need a bit of a plan. Mm-hmm. But you also need to take action. And you can't do absolutely everything at once, but you just need to um, think about the things that actually will take you there without going into the minutiae and getting lost in the minutiae of detail. Because that was my issue a few years ago, was just being so bogged down with trying to make everything absolutely perfect that you kind of get lost along the way and you get lost in your business rather than stepping out of it and working on it. And, um, and the biggest thing for me now is is outsource. Don't try and do everything yourself. He's like, Goodness, I remember my very first course manual I wrote. I think I was getting to bed about two in the morning after spending four hours of writing it after getting back after doing my mobile kind of therapy stuff. And uh, and I climbed to bed thinking, why don't I just try to do all those visuals and all those illustrations? Why don't I just outsource Mm -hmm. and then try to find somebody to do it? But it's taken me a long time, but I find an absolutely perfect person who understands what it is I'm trying to convey and uh, they are like, they're a little bit like rocking horse poo I must admit but uh, but the guy is absolutely brilliant and just totally gets me and you must think what on earth does this, this woman do for a living because she's asked me to do all these odd drawings but I must admit I prefer to pay you know a few pounds to have somebody else do it and it just takes me a few minutes to sketch up or take a photograph and say there you go rather than spending hours that I was doing trying to do it myself and it looked pants so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just think about what your time's worth and you're probably far better off getting somebody else to do that for you. So, yeah, don't try and do everything. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I just hit my one year anniversary, which means I have been doing Lash Boss Radio for one whole year and that is crazy to me. I can't thank you all enough for listening to the show and supporting it, especially in the beginning. Those episodes were a little rough and I know in about a year I'll be saying the same thing about myself right now, but I've got a lot of exciting things for Lash Boss Radio and Lash Boss TV, which will be on YouTube very soon. So I'm excited for this coming year too. Thank you all so much for listening. If you would like to buy tickets to World Lash University, I will be speaking at this event. You did hear that correctly in the episode. And I will be putting the link for that in the show notes. So make sure to check it out. I would love to meet some of you. And again, thank you so much for tuning in today. And I will see you back very soon for the next episode.